Hi, everybody. I'm Lindsay Reed. I am Jordan Taylor Reed. And we are the host of Spooky Spouses. Welcome to Spooky Spouses. This is a podcast, duh, that Lindsay and I host where we talk about ghosts and stuff. Yeah, and urban legends. And creepy flowers that are poisonous. And cryptozoology. And other types of scary vegetation, for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. And global warming, also scary. Oh, that's too real. Yeah, that's too much. Well, thanks, guys. See you later. (laughs) Um, Well, this is your first time listening. We do talk about things in the paranormal universe. We also... It's not all about, what am I saying? We just talk about that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So welcome, and we hope you have a good time. We hope you enjoy your 55-minute stay here on the SS Spooky Spouses. Yeah. Each week, we usually research a topic and discuss with each other our topics for the first time. Um, So we're kind of listening with you. Um, But this week, we decided to change it up a little bit, and we, at the beginning of the week, we both picked a scary movie for each other to watch. Yes. Not knowing anything about that movie, really. Yeah, we based our decisions, so I picked one for Lindsay, she picked one for me, and we based our decisions, well, I can't speak for both of us, but I based my decision off of five very uh, sort of flippant, not flippant, Almost irrelevant things, I guess. Yeah. But we have not discussed with each other yet um, what each other's movie was about. Or why we chose it. Or why we chose it. So we both watched our movie separately, and um, we're just going to talk about them today. And if you've seen any of these movies, feel free to give us a shout out on Instagram or Twitter at spooky underscore spouses, or just... Give us a shout out. Let us know if you've seen either of these scary movies. You can also send us an email by sending us one of those to SpookySpousesCast at gmail.com. So get in touch with us. Let us know what you think. If you haven't seen these movies, um, you're perfectly normal because I don't <laughs> think many people have. So Yeah, I didn't yeah. know about the movie you picked for me until I looked it up and was like, this is $10 on Amazon Video, but... A pro tip from me to you, say you really want to watch this movie and you don't want to pay for this movie. Amazon, if you're listening, Jeff Bezos, if you're listening, just go grab a glass of water or something. That's probably, like, you probably have very expensive water in one of your many homes. But you sign up for the Stars free trial, you get a week, you watch it, and then you cancel it. You cancel it. I just did it today. (laughs) And the movie that Jordan picked for me is on Netflix, so you can easily watch it there. Really quick, when we were about to record, we were getting levels and we had a little fun, but we got one small sound nugget out of it, so maybe I'll put that after I say again what I did, like, it's kind of like the Ferris Bueller, like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, when you do something, like, kind of like a rebel would do. So, I signed up for stars, and then I canceled my free trial in the same day. Sound effect now. Oh, Cool. So I hope Great. that I hope I'm that worked out. I'm happy about using that sound effect. <laughs> I hope it worked out. Okay. Well, I'm sure we have a lot to talk about. Both of our movies ended up being very long. Yeah, they're both about two hours. Yeah, we didn't realize that we had picked <clears throat> movies for each other that were so long. Yeah. I mean, they were they biggies. were yeah they were biggies. 
I think you started last week. Yeah, so why don't you talk about the movie that I picked for you first and what you thought about it. I will. And I don't remember um, all the reasons, but I basically... Well, what's the name? Tell me, tell us the name of the movie. Um, Remember it? No, I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) The movie is called Shawshank Redemption. No, it's not. The movie is called, here, here is the real title of the movie, Pandorum. Pandorum, that's right. I picked it because it was space-related. Love outer space. You love space. And you love her Event Horizon. And yes. I thought it sounded very Event or Horizon when I read the little explanation of it. Yeah. And Dennis Quaid. Oh, good. Okay, good. So, because really, those were my only reasonings for it. And, like, there's monsters. That's all I know about this film. Well, if for many of you that don't know, on my forearm, my only visible tattoo is a Dennis Quaid portrait. Uh, but it's Dennis Quaid, his face on a shark body. It's uh, I'm just joking. I do like Dennis Quaid. I think Dennis Quaid is funny. The, the, the thing I think that is most funny about Dennis Quaid is that his brother is Randy Quaid. And they could not be more different, those two human beings. Well, and Norman Reedus is in it, too. Well, that's, but, I'm getting to that. I have it in my But head. that was one of the reasons I picked it as well. Oh, okay. But, yeah, go ahead. I want to hear about this movie that I picked for you. The movie is called Pandorum. Okay. And it's very, it is very much so in the same vein as Event Horizon, where Event Horizon haunted spaceship, essentially. Yeah. Pandorum, there's a lot going on. Some of it's like this weird sort of cerebral haunted spaceship thing. The other part or parts is survival. The other part is, I don't know, space mechanics, like post-apocalyptic space mechanics and survival. There are aliens, uh, but most importantly, there is a five-minute part in the movie where Norma Reedus is there. Oh, so he gets five minutes of fame. Yeah, which is well, so funny. Well, this movie came out, what, 2009? 2009, yes. Okay, so this is... The this year is, after I was born. So this is pre-Walking Dead, so Norman Reedus is not a thing. Yeah, this is P- PWD. And this is before Boondock Saints, too. Yeah, P... No, this is after. This is after. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So he's he's not really the charmer yet. No, he's not a big deal. And now he's in The Walking Dead. He's going to be in a video game soon. Yeah. That I am so excited for that game to come out. It's going to be great. Um, I'll walk you down. I have some small facts about the movie. So, yes, a small list. And then I created a larger list about the movie. <laughs> okay. Um, things that happened, things that I enjoyed. So, Pandorum came out in 2009. It's a sci-fi movie, like we were saying. The thing I didn't know, which honestly made me like the movie more, and maybe this means that I just like cult movies or movies with cult followings, is that this movie has garnered this big cult following because it's sort of like a sci-fi movie doing an impersonation of a sci-fi movie. There's... Right. Okay, so you have Aliens. Check. You have cryogenic freezing pods. Check. You have a spaceship that's in peril. Check. You have a crazy space captain. Check. The aliens are violent. Another bonus. Right? It's, yeah. It just seems like all the things, if, if you were to open up a book that said, so you want to make a sci-fi movie, here are the things Here's you include. Sci-fi movies for dummies. Yeah. Sci-fi movie for, for dummy or the, uh, the the Keep It Simple Stupid series, the Kiss series mm. of books. So you want to make a sci-fi movie. That's what Pandorum was. Okay. And the fact that most movies that end up getting a cult following to me 
sort of fall in this campy category. And I like some cheese factor in a lot of my movies. I like campiness. I like things that are a little tacky. Yeah. So this, man, this this movie this movie hit a lot of good chords for me or with me. Um, the thing I did not know is that the film's title, Pandorum, is this sort of fictional mental disorder that people get when they're in space called Orbital Dysfunctional Syndrome, or ODS, which is in this sci-fi fiction world colloquially referred to as uh, Pandorum, which is... Okay. Uh, it's caused by deep space, so it's just caused by deep space, okay, and triggered by emotional stress, leading to severe paranoia, delirium, nosebleeding, aggression. Uh, in, in the movie, it was um, depicted by a captain or two thinking that, for some reason, everyone on their crew was out to get them and they were going to be trapped in the ship, so they ended up killing their crew members. So it's this like weird paranoia, and you have, um, what's the word? hallucinations and stuff of so it's kind of like being in the desert kind of like being in the desert but instead of like a little crazy instead of seeing mirages you're seeing your crew members turn into aliens and then turn back into your crew members and then then you cut their heads off Mm. there was also a lot of very good gore in this movie which i'm a fan of gratuitous gore in campy sci-fi movies i love it all our gore fans if it's not gore gore uh (laughs) if it's like a lifelike movie which this movie is not. I don't like a lot of gore. But if the movie's blatantly fake, bring on the gore. I and think it's, it's like, great. Okay. I think it's great. So we have Dennis Quaid in the movie. I did um, just a precursory search on some Dennis Quaid facts because that's not something I search every day. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of photos now posted a few days ago of Dennis Quaid's amazing six-pack. Well, maybe this movie <laughs> made him want to get in shape because you have to be in shape to be an astronaut. You do have to be in shape to be an astronaut. But, I mean, these were from a few days ago in 2018. This is 09. Yeah. I know, but he was thinking back. Oh, when I did, his Pandorum days? When I did Pandorum. Man, I was in great shape. I want to get back to that. Maybe so. Resolution 2000. Six-pack space abs. That was his. Get back in Pandorum shape. <laughs> um, and then it also features one of those actor, like, who was the guy who just hosted SNL? Uh, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell, who's who's the guy who said in his monologue, you are thinking now, you're that guy from that movie that I don't remember what it was. And once again, there he is. And then here, and there he is. Same with Ben Foster. Ben Foster, you'll if if you do a, a search of Ben Foster, you'll you'll recognize him. He was in. The X-Men, 310 to Yuma, he was in the TV series Six Feet Under, he was in a movie about some dog called Breakfast with Einstein, which is looks like a sheepdog with a graduation cap on. See, now that's a movie I probably want to see. Yeah, Breakfast with Einstein. Is the dog's name Einstein, or is oh, his name? Oh, of course. Name? Okay. No, 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 right. he's not Einstein, the then, dog. Yeah. What else? See, I wish it was, the guy's name was Einstein, and it was the dog's perspective of having breakfast with his owner. Einstein. See, now that'd be a cool premise for a film. Yeah. Yeah, that would be really cool. Dog's point of view. Ben Foster was also in the Warcraft movie, the World of Warcraft movie, so maybe we'll give him a free pass because he was also in Pandora, which is pretty cool. Okay. So, looking past that, Ben Foster, household face, not a household name. The movie starts out uh, with this long shot of space, and it says, in 1969, we landed on the moon. In 2009, the, the Kepler telescope launched to look for planets that were similar to Earth. Because in this fictional world, in 2009, 
Earth was going through this crisis of lack of resources, lack of food, lack of water, lack of livestock. And they showed a few clips in the movie of what Earth was supposed to be then in like 2009, I believe. And it was like really windy and dusty and dirty, kind of like very, again, post-apocalyptic. Okay. Or almost like pre-apocalyptic. So they went out onto space. They did in the year 2153. This probe lands, the the probe called the Paleo-17 in the year 2153 lands on a planet called Tanis or Tanis. And there was a population on Tanis of 24.34 billion people. Uh, But there was not a lot of food and water on Tanis. And then in 2174, I guess between Earthlings and Tanis people, there was a battle for the limited natural resources on Earth. And they were fighting. And then the humans launched this spaceship called the Elysian. And that's where the movie kicks in. They're on this gigantic spaceship called the Elysian. Okay. Which is almost like this impossibly large spaceship where they're supporting life and all this stuff. Ben Foster wakes up. He's cryogenically frozen. He's covered in goop. He almost throws up. Mm. Um, But he's also covered in this like nasty second protective skin, which is just yucky. So he has to peel his skin off? He has to peel off a fake skin. Well, how does he know he could peel that off and be okay? Well, because he's a he's a seasoned veteran, you know. He's oh, a, he's done it before. He's done it before. He's not a newbie. Oh, cryogenic freezing, done it. Okay, been there, done that. BTDT. He's uh, some sort of like an astro engineer or something like that. He works on ships and stuff. It turns out that this entire ship, the Elysian, ends up being this gigantic cargo ship that's essentially shipping like if Earth was going to go do an overnight stay at a buddy's house. You'd pack the essentials. Right. But, so they're packing Cheetos. Cheetos. Doritos. Um, your, one of ev- two of every animal. Your favorite pillow. And your favorite. PJ pants. PJ pants. No shirt. So. No shirt. <laughs> no shirt. Um, Just PJ pants. That would be a bummer. You know, you're when, when you're in the age you're having sleepovers and stuff, someone comes over, but whenever they get to your house, no shirt. Bummer. Moving on. Yeah. Um, But this giant cargo ship is transporting essentially as many humans as it can to go re or to go populate Tannis. Okay. So they're basically trying to go onto this new planet to repopulate because they're like, Earth is done. It's, yeah. It's Uh, over. by, By 2173 or whatever, humans have significantly destroyed Earth. Okay. So, which I mean, I feel like that might be sooner than 21. 15 or maybe whatever, but. 2020 if things keep going the way there <laughs> the one cool thing that happened in the movie when ben foster gets out of uh, you know his sort of shock after he's crouchingly frozen almost barfs like come okay keep it together buddy right um he decides to shave his face which why wouldn't you well, right when you wake yeah. up from cryogenic freezing you got it you you need a good shave was he really hair was he really scruffy uh no that's the thing it was just a little patchy oh how was his, like, hair, like, on his head hair? It was fine. It wasn't long. It was, like, a nice cut. It was a pretty nice cut. Hmm. It wasn't styled, you okay. know, but it was a nice cut. Gotcha. Because I guess maybe when you're cryogenically frozen, things move much slower. That's why you're able to get frozen. So maybe that's why he didn't have a huge beard and long hair. Because he wasn't, like, room temp. Well, how long were they frozen for? I forget. And they, and they say it in the movie, I believe. But I know it's, like, it's over... It's for sure over like eight or nine years. 
Okay, so this is a long time. See, I would be so mad if, like, see, I love long hair, and, mm-hmm. like, if my hair just didn't grow. Well, I waited eight or t- ten years, and I was just like, oh, man, I still have below-shoulder length hair. But you'd want, like, floor length. Oh, Rapunzel hair, for sure. Yeah, how long is that? Like, just so long. I mean, oh. <laughs> a prince climbed up it. Yeah. When like a big tower. Anyways. That's strong. Those are some strong follicles. But when he's shaving, he decides to shave, which I think in like the list of priorities, when when you wake up on a spaceship and you're disoriented, you do not know why you're there. You don't know how long you've been asleep and all the power in the spaceship uh, or so you think is totally turned off. My first thing is like, oh, this sucks. Better shave. Well, he wants to look nice for whatever he finds. I guess so. I don't know. But he uses a, a razor that's just light. There's no razor. It's just oh, like lasers. Oh, so fu- future. Yeah, it was future very cool. Razor. It was very cool. Um, well, then heck yeah. Maybe that's why he wanted to shave so bad. Because he's like, whoa, eight years ago, we had to use razors. Now we now use lasers. Now we use lasers. Yeah, a laser razor. Laser shave. Yeah, well. Anyways. Laser razor sounds pretty good. The laser razor. Yeah, I think that sounds all right. Uh, which is also the new name of the razor scooters that are coming out, the laser razors. That's not true. I think it's, let me check. Yep, that's true. <laughs> so Dennis Quaid ends up waking up from his cryogenic thing. And then okay. uh, Ben sort of rushes him up, which it's like, whoa, dude, you like you got the chance to like almost throw up and shave. And you're like, okay, we, okay, we got to get going. I don't think so, bud. Well, he knows Dennis Quaid is always ready for action. But Dennis Quaid wasn't ready for action right now. Okay. He woke up and Dennis Quaid looked pretty rough. Yeah. Um, very good shape, though. Again, very good shape, Dennis Quaid. Well, yeah. He wants to get to that body again. So they're crowing around the ship. They're trying to turn the power back on, blah, blah, blah. They end up finding these nasty aliens mm. um, with, like, they all look kind of different, but their whole oeuvre is the same. Pale skin, no hair. Those sort of blacked out contacts in the eyes. Right. Movie magic 101. Are they bad aliens or good? Oh, no. They're real bad. Okay. They're really so bad. And they're... apparently the ship has been taken over by aliens and they were, the aliens were just kind of waiting for them to wake up. Well, I don't think the aliens knew that there are as many people as there were because all throughout, like all over the ship in different areas of the ship, there are cryogenic pods and what essentially looks like a farm or a field okay. where they're just ram jamming people in there because they're like well we we have to repopulate this planet okay. that we're going to go to so the aliens i think periodically would go through where they would hunt quote unquote mm-hmm. when people's cryogenic things would maybe accidentally pop open they just start eating the person okay there's, so they just there's were this, eating people yeah okay there's this one scene in the movie where uh some of the main characters ben dennis quaid just hangs out and essentially in his office all day and just talks to ben through his walkie-talkie it's like Go get out of here, dude. Go do something. <laughs> but where they're wandering around and they're getting chased by a lot of these aliens. And they're very mean. They're, they're, they're very human-like. They almost have like tribal sort of like shark teeth looking stuff all over them and whatever. And, okay. Um, they don't look great. But they're chasing the main characters. And then one of the cryogenic pods opens up. And as soon as this guy with a beard wakes up after being frozen from however long... He's getting torn apart by aliens. What uh, a bummer. And an alien stabs a spear right in the top of his head. It's probably because he had that beard. Yeah. <laughs> Might have been because he had the beard. I don't know. Maybe that's it. You have to sh- laser shave. I just think, like, I hate waking up and I've missed my alarm. So compare that to 
waking up after probably being asleep for over nine years. Being confused. Being confused. And, oh, I'm also being torn limb from limb by a bunch of aliens. Yeah, that's not fun. And getting stabbed in the top of your, not like in your head, like in the front, in the very top. Like corn on the cob. Ew. Yeah. It's oh, it's a bummer. It's just like, well, there's that that that's your whole day. Well, that's your whole that's your life. Yeah, that's your whole day. And then Norman Reedus. I'm not going to go through all these things because that would be kind of dull. I think because it's just nonstop uh, list after list. But Norman Reedus is in it for a second. He gets captured by aliens and they cut his stomach open and eat his guts. Mm. Um, Norman. Norman was my favorite. One of my favorite characters in it too because Ben Foster is trying to be like. I'm a higher rank than you. I order you to do this. And Norman Reedus is like, yeah, good luck. There's no orders on this ship, essentially. But then he does get his stomach cut open. and Yeah, he should have probably just... That's what happens when you don't follow orders. Well, I think that's kind of like... On a, on a spaceship with aliens. Yeah, if you adopt like this... Like, you got to work together. You do have to work together. But Norman Reedus, he has a devil-may-care attitude, real bad boy. Yeah. So he's going to get eaten by... I mean, well, I don't think he chose the life. I think the life chose him. But then... Yeah. The aliens also chose to eat his guts out of his stomach in front of Ben Foster. Mm. There's this one actress. Uh, I believe her name is Anchi. A-N-T-J-E. Anchi Trau. She keeps showing up before she's integrated as like a, uh, a main character of the movie. Yeah. She keeps showing up out of nowhere and just beating up Ben Foster and then running away. Which is really funny. She just pops up out of nowhere, does a bunch of cool flips and somersaults, like kicks him in the face. Is she and then runs uh, just away. a person or she's, she's a, yeah. an an alien she's a person just a human so they don't know do you know why well a lot of people on the ship were hired to work for the ship i think she was hired to do like biology things like create little atmospheres and grow um organic life and plants and stuff like that and that was her job so when they got to tanis they could create what agriculture and stuff okay but I guess being on the ship when it just essentially got stuck in the middle of nowhere, made you, it, it makes you go loopy. It just made you crazy. Well, yeah. that's like you were talking about. Then, and then all the aliens hop on the ship and then you're like, well, I got to survive now. Just like self-defense. Yeah. So okay. she would just find Ben out of nowhere. They'd cross paths. She'd beat him up and then run away. You uh, know what? Good for her. Oh, I know. Seriously. Yeah, I thought it was funny. <laughs> oh, something that's also that fits the list for every sci-fi movie ever. Ben Foster... The main goal of the movie is to go find the nuclear reactor and turn it back on. Just like, oh, because like, what is that going to do? That's going to blow up the aliens? It'll blow up the aliens as it recharges the... Or it brings power back to the entire ship. Oh, okay. So they're without power. Yeah, I didn't mention that. They're, they're okay. without power for the most part. Okay. Like the, the power goes off every so often. Uh, but Dennis Quaid, sitting in his comfortable armchair, just turns this little generator, which is very easy, and the power comes back on for him at least. Kind of rude. Dennis Quaid all of a sudden just finds a naked man crawling in the vents and he's crying. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> Enough about the naked well, man. He, Let's just keep this going. Guy, this guy, um, he's crying in the vents. Dennis Quaid pulls him out and apparently he's part of another crew that was supposed to go and like relieve the crew that Dennis Quaid and Ben Foster were on. But they never showed up because something happened. They got attacked or whatever. That's why they were frozen for like... Many, many, many years. Okay. The guy that Dennis Quaid saves end up ends up being kind of a pain in the neck. Just starts going crazy, and then Dennis Quaid thinks that that guy has Pandorum because all of a sudden like his nose starts bleeding a lot, which is oh. one of the signs. And Dennis Quaid locks him in a cryogenic thing because he starts getting violent and like swearing at Dennis Quaid, and it's like, come on, dude, it's the Quaid. 
It's a quaid. Leave the quaid alone. You're swearing a dequaid? <laughs> Not on my watch. Leave, a, leave him alone. Yeah, so he locks him up in his little crybaby cage. Oh, and then, of course, when they get to the nuclear reactor, there's a bridge that goes directly to it, but it's wobbly and it breaks. Of mm. course it does. Um, but when Ben... Fo- oh, so, oh, and then at the very bottom of the nuclear reactor, there's a... Uh, Apparently, that's just where all the aliens sleep. Of course, oh. right? It's like, well, oh, maybe so gonna... it's warm down there. It might be warm, but it's, you know, like... It's like cats when they like to sleep on your car. Well, but it just They're seems... They're like, ooh, it's winter out, and it's nice and warm down here. Yeah, I understand, but it just seems so perfect, like, wobbly bridge, bridge breaks. Hope you don't fall on a... Oh, the last thing I need is I fall on a gigantic pile of aliens. Oh, here's a big pile of aliens. And it quite literally is a pile. Hate this, hate this pile of aliens. Well, they all sleep, like, intertwined. Like, it, it quite literally is just this amorphous blob of aliens sleeping all over each other. Hmm. And it's really upsetting. It's probably one of the most upsetting things in the movie. These, like, sweaty, pale white, bald, uh, violent aliens sleeping all over each other. It's just nasty. So Ben Foster does fall down to the aliens. But guess guess how he avoids waking the aliens up to get from one end of the room to the nuclear reactor. He's, I don't know, quiet. He doesn't use lights. He doesn't use lights. But how does he get around the aliens, you think? He tippies. He dances. I hope he dances. He dances his way over there. He does a front <laughs> flip. He actually did like... 13 years of ballet, and he's very light on his feet. Oh, speaking of that, that's one of my Dennis Quaid facts. Dennis Quaid studied dance in college. See, I'm onto something. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. Good job, um, Quaid. No, Ben Foster just wraps a bunch of, like, leather around his body that he finds and crawls over him. And, like, oh, well, and they don't wake up. But what would that do? What would the Maybe leather do? Maybe just stop his scent or something. Oh, can they smell you? Is I think that the so, thing? yeah. But he just, he quite literally... I think the people who were making the movie was like, were like, okay, so you fell down this thing. You need to get through the aliens. What if you just crawl over them? And then all the important writers had like something to do that day. So they had the interns like come up with something. Yeah, and they're seriously. Like, I guess we'll just work with that. Maybe we'll just, maybe we'll just crawl over all the aliens. But he wasn't even general about it. Like he's crawling on them and like scooting them all over the place. And they're like, oh, it's okay. Well, and maybe then, they just thought that he was another alien. Like, maybe I guess they so. had leather skin or something. Yeah, I mean, you're probably right. I just thought it was like... It's right. odd. It's very it's yeah. very weird. Oh, and the way they wake up is that this guy who's with them accidentally drops his flashlight. And they're like, oh, small noise, better wake up. But he was just crawling all over them. And they didn't wake up? No. Well, drop You drop one flashlight, and then five million aliens wake up and try to eat you. Being so far in the future, I'm surprised they didn't drop, like, a an iPhone triple z yeah on the ground the iphone the iphones this is it (laughs) (laughs) and then they all like fought over it because they really didn't care about people anymore they just cared about technology i need to take a selfie with portrait mode (laughs) i think you're probably right there's it comes with angry birds installed is that even a relevant (laughs) game anymore i don't think so what's a relevant game crossy road crossy road was kind of big i don't know i'm not in the game loop Frogger. No, definitely not Frogger. Crossy Road uh, took over for Frogger. But what were some things that you... I mean, yeah, it sounds like the typical cheesy spaceship movie, but were there I anything really that you get... Yeah, would, what would you rate it, and what were things that you actually liked about it? Honestly, I liked the entire movie. I really did. It was... I I did watch it this morning at about 7 a.m. I woke up at 5. I watched the movie at 7, and... 
I enjoyed the entire movie. I was thinking the whole like before I was going to watch it, like, well, I'm not sure if this is going to be like a great movie to watch this early in the morning. But it was very good to watch this early in the morning. Had some coffee, <laughs> took some notes, watched Dennis Quaid. Oh, but the guy that Dennis Quaid saves mm-hmm. ends up being Dennis Quaid. He was hallucinating the whole time. And oh, so him, he really saved no one. Tyler Durden. He saved no one but himself. Yeah, and then he, he ended up having Pandorum, and then he tried to kill Ben Foster and um, his buddy, the lady who always beats him up. They end up becoming buddies. And then... Oh. Yeah. So it, basically everybody just hated Ben Foster is what happened in this movie. He was the bad guy. Yeah, but it was so funny because Ben Foster had this one really good line. Oh, there's just one part I forgot to uh, that I overlooked, which makes me really like Ben Foster. They get captured by this guy who hangs him upside down. He's a human and yeah. is going to start chopping him up and eating him. And Ben Foster was like, I can turn the power on the ship so you don't have to eat any more people. We can be safe. And the guy was like, oh, all right. Oh, thank God. I don't have to eat people anymore. <laughs> well, that's probably why Ben Foster was on that ship. Yeah. I really like Ben Foster in this movie. But I like the movie whenever we're rating it out of. Uh, if it's like a slime which is like not a good movie. Zero or is slime like ten, no, What's ten or a million or whatever? Like ten would be like... A Casper? Yeah, like a Casper. We'll go from like... Or like, what about Stay Puff Marshmallow Man? Yeah, like even though he was, was it a slime out like or a Stay Puff? Stay Puff, it's this big mean thing, but it's iconic and it's cute. But he's great. Yeah, he's uh, gigantic. I would Stay say Puff Marshmallow Man. I would give it a Stay Puffed. I'd yeah, watch it again in a second. There, there apparently is a second Pandorum. I would watch it again in a second because hmm. it's a very fun movie to watch. Um, I had a good time watching it. And I so think, you'd probably recommend it to someone that likes sci-fi, likes kind of gore, mm-hmm. and likes loves just Quaid. like, loves the Dennis Quaid. Loves Quaid. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I highly recommend watching the movie Pandorum. If you're going to watch it, unless you already own five Blu-rays with different special bonus features. Well, you kind of gave away the ending of the movie, but... Yeah. That's okay. Well, it no, seems actually, like there's a lot more substance to it. Actually, I didn't give away the last uh, the last few minutes of the movie. More, well, why are you going to give it away? I'm not going to. Oh, okay. No, I'm not <laughs> going to. I'm just saying that there's a few other things that happen that are very cool. So I'm actually very proud of myself that I didn't spoil it. Because I was, I mean, I was planning on spoiling everything. Well, see, I I'm going to warn everybody right now. I'm going to spoil the ending of my movie because chances are you're just going to need to know the end, and you'll see why. Okay. Well, I think that leads us into a very small musical interlude. Yeah. And then when we come back, we'll talk about my movie that you picked for me. Yes. Which is called The Fury. Yeah, The Fury. So take a short break, get something to drink, and... Or get something to eat. Yeah. You you do you. I don't care. Three. (laughs) Two. One. Chomp. Hey, I hope you had a good little bite, a little sandwich, and now we're going to talk about the movie I picked for Lindsay, The Fury. Okay, so The Fury... Do you want to know why I picked it for you? Yeah. Tell me about why it, you picked it for me. This movie came out in 1978, I believe. I picked this movie for you. 
one reason is because of something you said on the podcast is that older horror movies you liked. I do, usually, yeah. Usually, okay. That, that's a leading <laughs> statement. Um, I also know that something you haven't mentioned on the podcast, but like everyone knows who's listening, we do kiss on the lips. We are married. You are really into 70s, like the whole fashion and design aesthetic of the 70s. Okay, that's true. That's another one. Older horror movies, uh, 70s design, and they're like photographic aesthetic and stuff like that. I like, and I think that you like as well. Yes. Same director as the movie Carrie. Yes, I um, did know that. And, which I thought like, oh, well, this is promising because Carrie, Carrie's a cult classic. Right. And then Kirk Douglas in short shorts. He does wear very, very short shorts. Yeah. Kirk Douglas. <laughs> Kirk Douglas. Um. But th th those are my five reasons. Now, okay. I think before you watch the movie, I think those that's good criteria. Now that you say that, I can see why you picked this movie. Sweet. Why did you think I was, tor I was trying to torture you or something? <laughs> no. Okay, so <laughs> The Fury, like I said, it's 1978, I believe. That is correct. Um. Well, the beginning of this movie, let's just start out, it just has the words Mid-East. 1977 come up on the screen. Mid-East. Mid-East. Doesn't say where. No idea where it so is. So if you're zooming mm -hmm. out, the east is Asia. If you're zooming in, maybe it's the mid-east of Australia. Maybe it's the maybe. middle, the mid-east, or maybe it's the middle east and they're just super hip and they're like, yeah, some of the countries in the mid-east. It just says mid-east and they never say where they're at. Sweet. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> so they're in the Mideast, 1977. It takes place on a beach. You see people having fun swimming. And then a father and a son have this weird, like, swimming race. Uh, yeah, and then right. they, like, come up to shore and the son is like, oh, I beat you. And the dad's like, oh, I'll get you next time, you no know. Son of mine. And then there's, like, a weird wrestling father-son thing. And then it's like, already. Two minutes into this movie, I'm like, what the heck am I watching? <laughs> so anyways, they go up to a table and dad and son, which the dad's name is Pete. The uh -huh. son's name is Robin. And they're having lunch and they're talking about going to America. So that's how you know they're not in Mideast America. Mm -hmm. And um, they're Do they have accents? No accents whatsoever. Oh, sweet. They have a... Completely American accents, not even trying. Nobody over there. A waiter comes over, no accent. His the dad's business partner comes over, no accent. Like they're on just this mid east, like made up basically beach. Wouldn't it be somewhere. funny if they did still try to like? They were very <laughs> heavy handed about it. Heavy handed about it. They were like, we are in Australia. No, it's, this it's, is my <laughs> this is my business partner, kangaroo. <laughs> Kangaroo Kangerman. <laughs> so, yeah, so they're sitting, they're having lunch. You can tell that the dad and this other guy were some kind of business partner and something. And you're kind of getting the hint the way they're talking. It was like some government thing that they're not supposed to talk about. And all of a sudden, you know, they're talking about the son going over to Chicago in America because there's a school for him mm -hmm. with his abilities. So already oh, sweet, you're like, sweet. okay, so he has, you know, telekinesis or magic powers or anything like that. Classic. So they part ways and then like two seconds after that, all these like Arabian type men mm -hmm. in boats come and just start attacking the beach and shooting everyone up. That sends um, Kurt Douglas or Pete 
Like, oh, Pete's the dad, Kirk Douglas. Yeah, so Sweet. that's Pete. So Pete is like hyped up, and this is how you know he was in some kind of government thing because he gets all hyped up, pushes his business partner and his son out of the way, starts grabbing guns some from somewhere. I don't even know. Classic Douglas running around in his short shorts, shooting at people. He gets shot and he falls in the water. The son freaks out. The business partner grabs him and gets him out of there. And like then after everybody's kind of off the beach, um, the business partner is looking around and he's talking to the like Islamic or Arabic guys. I mean, it's very Americanized of who these people are attacking. Yeah. <laughs> like It's very like this Muslim kind of thing. Yeah. So the business partner is talking to them. So, you know, he's in cahoots with these people. So... Pete, the dad, who was in, under the water, he was apparently hiding, and he pops up, sees them talking, and then he starts shooting at the guy. The guy runs away. There's your villain. The dad, like Pete, he goes to America. It, like, cuts to, I don't even know how far in the future or when it is, but Pete goes to America. When it cut to America, they just say, North, South, America. <laughs> it cuts to America, and there's two girls. Like, side note. This movie, this movie was very confusing. It made not a lot of sense. So you really had to like think about like, well, why are they doing that? Yeah. So anyways, it cuts to America after the scene. There's two girls. They're on a beach. They're walking around in their bikinis and they're studying back and forth for a test. And the one girl what walks. What was the subject, you know? I have no idea. <laughs> They were, like, throwing out years of nonsense. What's and, like, this bone? That's a femur. <laughs> and what's this animal? That's a parrot. It was pretty nonsense. But anyways, the one girl who we find out is Gillian, uh. she walks by this really creepy, sweaty man that's talking on a phone. Mm-hmm. And Not a cell phone, though, right? No, a payphone. Oh. A random payphone. Which, side note, I did pick up John Belushi is an extra in that movie. He walks by in shorts, and I swear to God it was John Belushi. Oh, sweet. So this is obviously before Belushi's, like, time. But John Belushi's an extra in there, and he doesn't have any parts or anything. He just walks by. This guy on the phone, he's staring at the girl, and the girl walks by, and she knows his name. So you're like, oh, okay, she has psychic powers. Wait, really quick. Will you say John Belushi again? But I'm going to add the sound effect after you say it. <laughs> John Belushi. Oh, All right. (laughs) So you find out this girl. I'm going to kind of cut a lot of this stuff out because it goes on and on for way too long. You find out this girl, Gillian, is psychic and she is going to a school. A teacher realizes that she has mind powers because they're doing some weird testing with a train, which, you know, we've all been to school. Nobody's and we've put... all done that classic train <laughs> test. Yeah. Where you put magna- magnets to your head and then it, you know, controls a train yeah. by your mind powers. Yeah, so... that's absolutely what happened. I remember uh, sophomore year in college, <laughs> I did the whole train. It's just classic train stuff. So the teacher, Ellie, she realizes that, hey, I think this girl has something special because she asked her to try it and she moves the train really fast until it blows up. It's a really intense scene. Because she puts magnets on her head, she zones out Gillian, and the train goes speeding around the track, and as it's speeding around the track, on, like, the projector board, 
it has the word like telekinesis and clairvoyance and it keeps like panning in really intensely which I did a little research because all the music sounded familiar and I don't know who the composer is but he tried to purposely knock off like Hitchcock film music. Oh cool. So you have that kind of feel music which I that was one of the things that I liked about it. One of the two. <laughs> no there was some other things. Oh but four. The sun is gone, and now you're realizing this son, Robin, from this guy, has psychic powers, obviously, too, because you know where the movie's going. Oh, yeah, it's going to Chicago, where psychic people live. <laughs> where there's a school for the psychic, You know, apparently. we've been to Chicago a few times. I like it. Maybe that's why we like Chicago so much. Because all the psychics live there. And they force you to like it with their telekinesis. Yeah. Well, so, anyways, like, the dad's trying to locate his son. He kind of goes to Chicago. He breaks into some old people's apartment and like it's a weird thing and they have a lot of cats classic kirk so (laughs) he's running around people are chasing him down because he the this government or his buddy or partner or whoever has this group of people that knows he's there to come get his son and they kidnapped his son to do psychic powers so to train their cats to train their cats so Pete, the dad, knows that they're after him, so he's trying to do all this stuff, and then there's a car chase, because it's the 70s, and you gotta have a car chase, which, funny thing, in the car chase, there is a scene where you can actually see the cameraman alongside of the car, and one of the cameramen is just running alongside of a car trying to take it. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So it's like, it's obviously not a very high budget film i don't think or they just didn't edit very well i think that's just uh that classic kirk douglas style because <laughs> he always has cameramen yeah trying to film read his my contract <laughs> i need this movie to be 10 percent crappy <laughs> okay so one thing that i did like about it too i mean i liked the music the music was you know it's a knockoff but it you know, it sounds well, familiar let's say it was an homage yeah there we go so gillian goes to an all-girls school And Mm -hmm. she doesn't realize exactly what's happening with her. She's just, she knows she has these weird psychic powers, but she doesn't quite understand. And she's (laughs) in high school. And of course, there's the school bully, which Cheryl doesn't, she doesn't have a big performance in this movie, but she's really funny. Cheryl, by the way, has awesome glasses. Nice. Like really 70s style. Gonna get it. Warby Parks? Probably not Warby Parker's, oh. but she has great glasses. They get into a tiff because she's bullying Gillian, and she's just, you know, Gillian goes to walk away, and the girl grabs her arm, and there's a really intense scene of Gillian, like, screaming, like, let go of me, but it's, like, the worst acting you've ever seen. It's like, please let go of me, please, don't, <laughs> and it's really bad. It's like that video, what was it, like, <laughs> like the worst line reading, uh, the one on YouTube where it's... Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, man. Oh, Oh, God. Oh, man. (laughs) It's pretty bad, but Gillian sees weird visions while she's grabbed onto her. And she, like, sees this, like, dead girl, like, laying on the ground with, like, her eyes all bloody. And, like, all these flashes of things are going. Then the next scene is Gillian. She just murdered this girl. (laughs) No. And it's it's not the girl that's bullying her. It's not Cheryl. But it's other people. She's seeing this, like, sixth sense type thing. And then all of a sudden, Cheryl, like, lets go of her because she's just profusely bleeding out of her nose. Who? Gillian? Cheryl. Cheryl's bleeding out of her nose? So 
Gillian like freaks out and leaves school and she's like, oh my gosh, I just hurt someone. I don't know what happened. I don't understand. Hey, what is this movie even about? You picked this movie for me and I had to watch it for two plus hours. Uh, <laughs> so Yeah, well. So anyways, while that Cheryl girl was grabbing onto Gillian's arm. And showing off with her nosebleed. <laughs> Gillian was seeing like flashes of death, the future, and then she's saw a vision of Cheryl being pregnant. So she said to her, she's like, you're pregnant. And then Cheryl, of course, got all mad and like walked away all sad. But she could tell that she was pregnant. But then I thought about it. I'm like, well, they should have that. Just like instead of a doctor like saying like, oh, congratulations, you're pregnant. They should just have Gillian just touch people and be like, you're pregnant. Congratulations. Let me touch. Let me touch. Mm -mm, That's Arby's, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) You have what we call the meats. <laughs> so Gillian go tells her mom about it. Her mom is a rich lady that she has to go to business in France. So she's like, I don't have time for this. But the doctor or the teacher that Gillian had that did the train trick, mm-hmm. she has this big, beautiful house that is like, hey, Gillian, why don't you come stay here? We know how to work with this and we'll help you. Um no, that brings me to number two of why I liked this movie is they go to stay at the doctor, Dr. Ellie, and there's another dude, Jim. They go to stay and they have an adorable dog and they have a Aww. lot of scenes with Gillian playing with the dog. See, that's just, that's like almost gratuitous, but it's, give me any dog scene. Yeah, any well, dog scene. it's like all happy and she like feels good and she's not hurting anyone and like they understand that she's psychic and they give her this big beautiful room. What kind of dog is it? I don't know. It kind of looks like an Irish setter, but it looks like maybe a mix. Was it um very cute and just a sweet soft baby? It was very cute, and then it even puts its head on the table while they're eating breakfast and looks back like Molly and forth. Does? Yeah. But so was it, it was cute. Would you say it was a sweet, soft baby or a cutie little baby? It was probably a cutie little baby. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so they have breakfast. They're having ice cream. They're just pow-wowing. She is living with Dr. Ellie and this other guy named Jim. They're doing tests on her. They Jim. realize that she's psychic. She also meets another lady of the name Hester. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a very common name. For you to have, for a, I think for a human to have. So they meet Hester. It's like Brethany. Yeah, and Hester has psychic powder powders. <laughs> <laughs> Hester has psychic powers as well, and she befriends Gillian at the house. And I don't even know what she does there. She just kind of is a character that comes in. Let's skip a bunch of stuff because this movie just keeps going on and on and on. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it goes on. It just seems like it keeps just going to something totally different. And then the end of the movie, it ends up being the very first scene in the in Empire Strikes Back. It's just, it's just, it's a hard movie to watch. But they keep showing Robin the son because you can't forget about him and how Pete is still trying to find him. And Robin's being tested in this government facility and he's miserable and he's angry because he has these powers and he has like really severe telekinesis and like, I don't know. And Robin and Gillian could like see through each other's eyes because of course it's going to go into that too. 
And then, you know, he is not really happy there. And he has this, like, doctor girlfriend there. And she basically experiments on him, too. And he goes to a carnival in Chicago. And he gets mad and blows up a ride. Because, because he's mad. Because <laughs> he's mad. Um, what ride? It's like a Ferris wheel type ride. Oh, no, that's rude because that's very high up. Yeah, so it like spins out of control and bulbs blow up and whatever. And then Dr. Ellie, flashback to now Gillian. Mm. Dr. Ellie is having breakfast with her, grabs Gillian's hand. And you know if you touch Gillian, then you'll probably bleed to death. Because they find that out too, that if you grab her hand, that you will bleed to death. That Dr. Jim even says that if women are on their cycle, they shouldn't be around her because they might bleed out. Good but anyways, Lord. <laughs> Gillian Man. doesn't want her to touch her, but she grabs her hand anyways, and then he, she starts pouring blood out of her fingernails and her eyeballs and her ears. And it's just a bloody mess, and Gillian Goodness feels gracious. bad because she's like, oh my gosh, they drug Gillian. They basically want to send Gillian where Robin's at to do this whole, I don't even know what they're helping with the government, honestly. They're just doing random tests. Another thing I really liked about the movie... Um, there are two security guards. One is on the roof. One is down below to make sure that Gillian does not get out. And they actually have like a 10 minute conversation on their walkie talkies about how the guy in the roof will trade a Hershey bar for the guy down below's lukewarm coffee. Oh, good. So that's a good 10, 15 minutes of the movie that's like, oh, can we just please wrap this up? And then that leads to some sort of character development where? Nowhere. And then and then they talk <laughs> about that, and then Gillian ends up realizing that it wasn't clairvoyance, it's just that she really wanted the Hershey's? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's perfect. Basically, cutting to the end, there's so much stuff that I'm leaving out because it just goes on and on and on of it nonsense. It seems that way. Gillian runs away. Hester gets hit by a car. She dies. <laughs> Classic. Blood everywhere. Slow motion car scene. Kirk Douglas gets eaten by an eagle. <laughs> no, Kirk Douglas and... Jillian or Gillian get together. They ride a bus to the facility that Robin's at. Basically, Robin has lost his mind. He, that doctor girlfriend that he has, he lifts her up with his mind and she starts bleeding because I guess this power makes you just bleed out. She starts bleeding out and then he spins her around really fast and blood just shoots all over the place. (laughs) And then she falls to the ground and dies. And then Gillian shows up um pete shows up pete goes upstairs to say like hey son i found you robin's already long gone and he punches him out the window it's a like one of those like okay pete's got him by the hand and he's hanging over the ledge and he doesn't want to let go of robin because it's his son but robin kind of claws his face and then he lets go of him classic and then pete jumps off the roof too because he's like i just killed my son And then Gillian looks into Robin's eyes before he dies and inherits all his powers. And then she gets captured by the main villain guy, the original guy. Oh, his kangaroo Jackman? Yeah, but I think his name is Childless. It's weird. I couldn't get his name. I'd have to look it up. But the bad guy basically kidnaps her and tells her it's going to be fine. She wakes up in a bed and... He says, you know, I'll take care of you. We'll treat you really great. And she's like, okay. And she plays the whole, like, I want to give you a hug. Thank you for saving me. And then really she just freaks out. 
and then makes his eyes start bleeding and he can't see. And then she creeps around the room while he tries to, like, awkwardly grab her. And then all of a sudden she just, like, does this, like, big dramatic, like, I'm using all my energy in my body type thing. She's going thing. super saiyan. She's going, yeah. And then the guy just completely explodes. <laughs> and that's the movie. Perfect. So really, Perfect. there's absolutely no point to the movie whatsoever. Except for... John Belushi's in it? <laughs> Sound effect. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was a very interesting movie. I don't think I'd watch it again. Yeah. On a scale of Slimer to... Stay Puff. Stay Puff. That's a big old Slimer. Yeah, it seems that way. Well, I, I had high hopes about it because the the stills that I saw from the movie seemed funny and like a little cheesy, but not just totally... I didn't expect the, the movie was just going to ambulate to nowhere. It really did. And, you know, thank God the director had Carrie because that was a good telekinesis movie. And this one wasn't. Like, this was her, her experimental, I think. I wonder if the... If, before it happened. I wonder if the director was like... Oh, if you like movies and telekinesis, just wait till you see my next joint. The Fury. The Fury, and then it comes out and everyone's like, uh, I don't know. Are you are you sure you want to put that out It there? was a hard movie to watch. It was a very hard movie to watch. Yeah. The acting, not great. You say, oh, very great then. <laughs> if you want something to laugh about and kind of to always have the reaction going like, what? Wait, what? Like, where? Okay, where did that person come from? Then this is the movie for you. See, that's you were you you say that, and while you were talking, I searched to see if that movie had ever been on an MST3K, but it had never been. Oh, it. You know what? It's funny that you say that because that's how I felt like this movie should have been. Like, I think that's where this movie belongs. Well, if they do another season of MST3K, maybe consider doing The Fury. Yeah, do the Fury. I mean, but the only thing with the Fury is that it has, it's too obvious of how silly yeah. it is. It's and too obvious. That's the thing, like, what was the one movie they did? Blue Lagoon. Not as obvious, but if you take a step back, you realize, oh, this is very silly. But yeah, it was fun to watch movies. I think this is definitely a fun little thing to do. Yeah, maybe we'll do it every, I don't know, whenever. Whenever we just feel like it. Yeah. Or if there's a couple movies that you listeners, if you're still listening after that really long-winded explanation of The Fury, if you have a couple movies that you want us to watch and talk about, please send them to us, SpookySpousesCast at gmail.com. Or you can just write to us on Twitter. You can add us, Spooky underscore Spouses. We're also on Instagram at Spooky underscore Spouses. If there's a movie you want both of us to watch together... Just Lindsay, just me. If you want Lindsay to watch the second half and me the first half or whatever, we'll we'll be your puppets for a little bit. <laughs> I think it's very fun. That was fun. That was fun to do. It was. I had a fun time doing it. I'm glad you liked your movie. I'm very sorry you didn't like your movie. <laughs> hey, you know what? You live and you learn, right? Well, because I like, and I want you to know, like, I actually put quite a bit of thought. I looked through about 30 movies on a list. And I'm like, I think this one will be great. Well, it is hard because descriptions of movies, they always want to upsell you. Yeah. So, like, I mean, of course it's always going to sound good. And then when you actually watch it. Well, sugar. <laughs> well, 
Well, that's about it. That'll wrap. I mean, yeah, let's wrap her up. Sorry about those long-winded explanations. It was but, fun though. That was fun. But it was very fun. Like I said, please write us, contact us if you have any movies that you think are scary, funny, or just terrifying. Yeah, or like please yeah, like some legitimate know. scary movies. I'd like to be scared. Yeah, I love a good scary movie. Well, we'd like to thank Colin Parker and everyone over at the Scavengers Network for having us. And we'd like to thank, thank Eli Rexford Chambers for writing us our wonderful music for the show. Awesome. And we'd like to thank you guys for listening and helping us to spread the word. Uh, if you keep sharing the word and or spreading, spreading the uh, spooky spouse's word with everybody and sharing a link or two, maybe sharing the show on iTunes or SoundCloud, Google Play, whatever, however, it would mean the world to us. And we do have stickers available, so maybe if you share our page to someone, we might just send you a sticker. We might just send you a little sticker. Maybe we will. Maybe we will. And maybe... Or maybe you have to find them around Columbus. Oh, spooky. Spooky. Give you a hint. They're going to they're gonna be at every TGI Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> every one of them. And every Cheesecake Factory. Mm. Um, well, I guess we'll see you guys next Monday. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes thank you for listening thanks everyone and have a great week have a spooktacular week have a slime have a have a ghost have go get them bye (laughs) goodbye